What's up, everyone? You're listening to episode 55 of Fearless Rebel Radio. I am running solo again, back-to-back solo episodes, and this one is all about overcoming comparisons because this is probably the most common question that I am asked and one thing that I know most women struggle with is how can I stop comparing myself to other women? And so I wrote a few blog posts on it, but um, I tend to keep my blog posts short, rather succinct. And so I wanted to use this as an opportunity to share it with you and elaborate on some of the things that I wrote about on my blog as it relates to why we compare ourselves and tangible things that you can do to help to curb your compare and despair-itis, we'll call it. Before we start the show, you guys, Rock Your Body is happening right now. If you are not signed up, go to rockyourbodynow.com to get instant access to my three free training videos to help you stop living behind the number on your scale. You'll get access to the three videos, each with a short video lesson and mission for you to complete and an opportunity for you to win a scholarship to my 12-week Rock Your Body group program, which enrollment opens for on Wednesday, March 16th. Oh yeah, going to be so awesome. Uh, So with that said, don't forget rockyourbodynow.com. Join in on the fun. I'd love you to do it. And uh, let's get started with the show. Okay. No fancy music intro today. (laughs) Let's get right into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is why we can't stop comparing ourselves to others. So why we even compare in the first place? Because I think we all know comparisons aren't really healthy for us. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you say, like, I want to stop comparing myself to other women. Unless you sort of understand why this is happening, it's really hard to change it. And I also just want to start out by saying that so much of our need to compare comes from our own um, feelings of worthiness. So when we develop a more rock solid belief in our worthiness and really like this deep level of knowing that you're enough as you are, comparisons happen much more uh, infrequently. So for me, I think that was probably one of the last things to go away and disappear on my journey to full on, full fledged body acceptance. Um, And, you know, that's not to say I still don't compare myself to other women, um, but I really don't in the body department anymore. Um, You know, sure, I will go into the whole compare and despair mode in, in other areas of my life because you know, we're human and self-doubt is always going to be this ever-present force in our lives. But um, in terms of bodies, I don't really do it much anymore. I honestly can't remember. Like, I I really don't. And that's like really cool because that used to be something that plagued me a ton. So I guess what I'm trying to say with this is, um, you know, the more that you work on your own body acceptance and really just cultivating that sense of worthiness in yourself, like that's what's really going to drive this whole um, comparison game to to end for you. So let's look at where comparisons come from. They come from our need to measure up. So they come from our desire to self-evaluate and basically asking ourselves, like, how do I measure up? 
Um, and so therefore, like I said, I mean, if you, if, if you're not asking that question, like if you know, like I'm enough as I am and I'm worthy as I am, then you're not really in that state of mind of, of constantly wondering like, how do I measure up and, and like that need to self-evaluate. So at its, at the, at your core, like in order to really overcome comparisons, you want to get to a point where you don't need to self-evaluate to know that you're enough as you are. And so that's why obviously it starts from within you instead of just saying like, I need to stop comparing myself. Um, and we really have to look at a bigger cultural picture to understand why we need, we feel this need to measure and evaluate ourselves. You know, we really live in this culture that encourages comparison. You know, everywhere we go, we're told that we are not good enough. We're told that we should be something else or something better. Um, you know, we need to have less sprinkles and smaller waists and fuller hair and cleaner houses and oh my god, just the 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 list is endless. I mean, pretty much every advertisement out there is is telling you that you are not good enough. And it's this constant barrage of of how do you measure up? And so, you know, it's no wonder that we are constantly self-evaluating. And this really comes from our biological uh, need to conform. You know, that need is rooted in our evolution. So in history, for women, um, likability and um, gaining others' approval was basically our ticket to surviving. You know, like we didn't have the ability to protect ourselves, um, you know, financially, physically, you know, however far back you look in evolution um, or even just like, you know, like 100 years ago, women didn't have the capacity to really defend ourselves. And so um, our safety and like our survival was dependent on being liked and therefore meeting a certain ideal. I'm going to read this um, passage, this little um a couple sentences here from the book Playing Big by uh, one of my mentors, uh, Tara Moore, who I took her um, Playing Big facilitators uh, training course, which was one of the coaching courses that I took that like really changed my life. Um, but it, you know, she writes, for millennia, we women could ensure our survival by complying with what was approved of or desired by those with greater power. Um, and so if we kind of take that and uh, look at it in our modern day culture, you know, that is really <laughs> the people with greater power are men. And in order to, you know, be desired by and be approved of those, we use our appearance pretty much if we want to bring this back to like the context of body image. This is also why we're really dependent on other people's approval, you know, and so that's why I really like... Um, uh, becoming less reliant on other people's approval takes a long time to rewire because it's literally like a biological um, response that comes from like our need to survive from, you know, generations and generations ago. As women, you know, we were trained to believe that our, you know, our role had everything to do with our appearance and how attractive we are. And so that's why we have like, you know, this, this need to measure up to this certain ideal. It comes from this desire to be protected and ultimately then to survive. 
So as a result, like biologically, our brains have kind of evolved to give us a hint when we're at risk for being socially rejected by making us experience pain. And so, you know, like that emotional pain that you feel when you are comparing yourself to other women is essentially that's what's happening. Um, you know, like our brain is giving us that hint that we're at risk for being socially rejected. So if we have to, if we can look at this through like a modern day lens of like, you know, what are we really measuring up to? It's these ideals that are created, um, you know, like these, these ridiculous ideals. And it's not just the beauty ideals. I mean, if you've read my book, Body Image Remix, I talk about, uh, the, the whole, um, gamut of female ideals, you know, it's, it's, it's everything about, you know, being smaller from a physical perspective, but also, you know, women now are required to be like the perfect mother and successful, um, but not too bossy and not too noisy. And, and it's, and it's absolutely ridiculous. So it's no wonder that we're constantly asking ourselves, like, how do I measure up? You know, if there were no ideals, then we wouldn't be asking that question. And so I think it's important to kind of, to really challenge the ideals, not kind of challenge them, like really challenge them, which is why I always like, you know, pictured myself with a sledgehammer because that's me like really challenging the system. Um, and think about where, where these came from, you know, like who is telling you that you should care about your waist being smaller? Where is this message that you need to have smooth hair uh, to be a better person coming from? Um, you know, why am I, why are we letting like these, these corporations and, you know, the whole patriarchy tell us like who, what we need to look like and how we should act? Um, you know, if we can start to just question that and really look at it from like this overall cultural perspective, I think that gives us a better lens to really um, address our need to compare. Um, you know, for me, it's it's much easier for me to look at things through a lens of ridiculousness. Like if I can see an advertisement for something that's saying like, you know, you need to get rid of these wrinkles. Like I just, I look at it and I'm like, why? Why do I need to get rid of those wrinkles? Like who's telling me I need to get rid of these wrinkles? Like some like guy sitting in a suit, like in an advertising agency, like trying to figure out like how to sell more cream. Like, you know, it, it, that to me is a helpful way to think about it. I like to see the ridiculousness in it. Um, if that resonates with you, awesome, use it. If not, then then we'll, we'll work with some other tactics for it. But I just think it's, you know, we are, our purpose is so much more than being attractive. And, you know, when we can really just like rebel against those standards, that can help us overcome that persistent need to self-evaluate. So that's one piece of the comparison puzzle. And I hope that gives you a little bit of a better idea as to like why we actually do it and, and that it's like a normal <laughs> biological thing that all women do, all people do psychologically, but especially women because it's really rooted in our need um, to survive. So let's talk about some of the ways that we can actually mitigate uh, this experience of comparing and despairing. And so in my blog post, which I'll link to in the show notes for this, um, you can get those at summerindinen.com forward slash FRR-55. I talked about nine ways to stop comparing yourself to others. And so the first one I want to talk about is your limiting beliefs. 
the reason why we feel that emotional response to um, when we compare ourselves to somebody else is because we have certain limiting beliefs about ourselves that are really holding us back. And I mean, a lot of the work I do with women is uncovering what these beliefs are, where they come from, and helping to change them. Um, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of, of detail on, on that in this particular episode, but I think that what we can do is we can use comparisons as an opportunity to get curious with what Per, what a belief we have about ourselves is that's perhaps not serving us. So for example, if you see someone who has like this, like quote unquote, bang and bod, and you feel like this, like sense of shame or sadness, you know, you can just kind of stop and get curious with like, what is it that I believe about myself that is perhaps causing me to feel this way? right now you know instead of just um wallowing in the in the sadness or just kind of saying to yourself like oh god why can't i stop comparing myself to other women um use it as an opportunity to uncover something about a belief about yourself that is perhaps holding you back you know our limiting beliefs are really at the core of why we don't feel like we are good enough or why we don't feel like we are worthy or why we hang on to weight loss uh, for dear life so you can just ask yourself, you know, what is this what is this moment teaching me about the beliefs that I have about myself? You know, perhaps it's that I'm not good enough, that um, I'm a failure, that, um, you know, I'm not worthy unless I'm a certain size. And now that we have uncovered that, then we actually have something tangible to work with. Because when you can uncover the limiting belief that's holding you back, then you can change it to something that's going to serve you better. And the thing with beliefs is that they show up for so many different reasons. It's really individual in, in my experience. Um, and if you find that you really need help on it, like work with somebody for sure, like work with a coach or, you know, a therapist on it because it's it helps to have someone help draw these out for you because sometimes it's not so glaringly obvious in your own circumstance. I know for me, most of my limiting beliefs came, became really clear in the work that I've done with other um, coaches in my own uh, experience and journey. So I always recommend that. I just think like invest in your self-improvement and you will be a on your way to um, feeling that freedom a little bit sooner. Um, but you can look at like what are what are the beliefs that I have about myself that are that are holding me back in this circumstance, and then start to create a new belief system around it. And beliefs are really tied in like the emotional experience that we have with these particular beliefs. Um, you know, for me, like I was really teased for my body. Uh, I was called fat a lot when I was a kid, so I had this really negative association with the word fat. But that was not serving me at all. I mean, that was really a huge reason of why I had such poor body image, and so I really needed to uh, create a new belief around the word fat and what fat meant. And um, so that's just an example of like how you can uncover a limiting belief, understand why you perhaps have this negative emotional connection to that belief and then in order to create a new one you want to create like a new emotional 
um, association with that belief. So for me, it was like, all right, start to see fat as like a, just a neutral thing or, um, you know, just body shapes as a neutral thing. So, you know, spending time looking at women of all different shapes and sizes who are, um, you know, breaking through the different stereotypes that are generally associated with body size, that was really helpful for me. So that's just like one really small example of like how I worked through a limiting belief for myself to create a new belief. The second thing I want to call out here is just assumptions. I just think assumptions are such a huge thing in this, um, in terms of, of, of what we think. So, you know, our perception that, that of the situation, um, when, when we are looking at somebody and we, you know, if let's just say we're looking at their body and their body like looks like, again, like it's meeting the society standards of beauty. We often are thinking, more than just that person has a body that's meeting society standards of beauty, you know? So I think it's important to really ask ourselves, like, what are we thinking about this person? You know, that her life is better, that she doesn't suffer from anything. And then call bullshit on your assumptions. Assumptions cannot be trusted. There's this really cool book called The Four Agreements, and that is one of the agreements. He doesn't phrase it as assumptions are bullshit, but it's something along the lines of assumptions cannot be trusted. And I think it's really important just in everyday life to be aware of when we're making assumptions and jumping to conclusions because those can really lead us astray. I mean, our imagination can be crazy. And so I think it's important to call it out and say, all right, I'm full on making an assumption right now. Assumptions cannot be trusted. Um, so that's the second thing to really keep in mind here. The third one is to challenge challenge beliefs. So, you know, again, this relates to what I just sort of talked about with my own experience with changing my beliefs around fat. Um, you know, we assume that people who are attractive experience more joy and happiness. And yes, in our society, I'm not going to deny that there isn't sizeism or discrimination against people of certain sizes or races and, um, or abilities, but, um, it's important to challenge beliefs if they're not serving you, you know, it, you are entitled to love yourself. You are entitled to have a fulfilling life at any size, at any age, um, with any color of skin or, you know, quote unquote flaw. When we intertwine a body type or like a certain appearance with our emotions, then we create this belief that we need to manipulate our appearance to experience those feelings. So essentially what I'm saying there is like, you know, like this saying that of like, oh, I feel fat. Um, And then conversely, like this desire to be thin is really muddled up with like this emotional state of being that we believe only exists when we have a certain um, weight or body size or even appearance. And so that's like, that's a very big limiting belief because how are you supposed to have um, unconditional body acceptance if you have that belief? Um, It's pretty much impossible. So in order to really change your self-image, you have to challenge the beliefs that you have as it relates to attractiveness and self-worth and so when we compare ourselves to somebody else like that's a good indication of whether we're buying into this idea that thinner equals happier um 
you know, or as I'll say, as I said in my blog post, like, I like to have fun with it. Again, I really like to see the ridiculousness in, in my own thoughts because I just think that makes it easier for me to deal with. Um, do I really think that if I can give men more, <laughs> more men boners, I'll feel better about myself? Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, that's actually what I'll say to myself. Like, if I feel like, if I feel like, quote unquote, unattractive, I'll be like, do I really care about giving more men boners today? No, no, I don't. Okay, I'm fine. I'm just going to wear this. Let's go. Um, again, this is like an approach that works better with me because I've done some of the deeper, harder work. Um, I don't always recommend that with clients right off the bat, but uh, if that resonates with you, roll with it. Um, but again, I just think it's uh, it's important to uh, challenge the beliefs. If I can just say one thing about this entire podcast, it's going to be challenge your beliefs. You know, you get to buy out of the beliefs that are not serving you. Um, the other thing I want to mention is to avoid comparing down because I think this is really common. Like comparing down is really common. I think a lot of times we do it and we don't even realize it. Like we observe someone's like quote unquote shortcomings and then we feel like a sense of superiority or pride. And, um, and that in and of itself is another manifestation of self-evaluation, but just from a different angle. And it's also um, a good indication that there's a limiting belief that we have about ourselves where we're seeking validation to feel a sense of worth. So, um, I would be mindful of when you're comparing down or sort of saying to yourself like, well, at least I'm blah, blah, blah. Like she may be this, but at least I'm this. Um, that's really important as well. And to just notice that and pay attention to when that's showing up. The fifth thing is that perfection is an aspiration laced in self-loathing. There, you know, one thing that I come back to is that there's always going to be somebody more beautiful, fitter, younger, smarter, more successful than you. Um, I know for me, like my comparison itis really comes in to in in the area of uh, success and 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 money and um, and that's that's where like I still have you know issues around self doubt that I'm working on constantly because I'm still a mess as everybody is <laughs> a beautiful mess um but that is one that I always come back to I'm like all right well there's always going to be somebody who's further ahead than me like there's always going to be somebody who's more successful than me and so just really recognizing that and being cool with where I am and playing my own game is really important um you know am I holding myself up to like an unrealistic ideal and um, that challenge where that ideal is coming from. I think this is really important in the body department. You know, like, are you holding yourself up to this unrealistic ideal that is really a state of perfection and then um, letting go of those ideals, breaking those ideals, like actively saying to yourself, like, I, I am going to let go of this standard that I have um, held myself accountable to uh, and break it. You know, maybe that's like my house always has to be clean and perfect. Break it. Leave your house a little bit messy. Like just start to lean into imperfection. Uh, and that's how you can start to let go, let go of that need to be perfect. The sixth thing to help overcome comparisons is celebrating all women. This is so important. 
And I think that you can do this on the spot too. So if you find yourself falling into that comparison headspace, if you can find things to really lift up and support those women that you're comparing yourself to, like maybe it's even as simple as like, I really like her shoes, you know, like (laughs) whatever it is to kind of put you into disrupt that negative thought pattern and put you into that positive state of mind and really help to celebrate all women. And I think that we can do this throughout our lives, like really getting rid of the judgments, getting rid of our participation in gossip stuff, in, um, you know, bringing other women down and and just doing you. Like uh, one of the Amy Poehler quotes that I love so much is good for her, not for me. And, um, you know, I will say that to myself all the time, like, you know, good for her, not for me. You know, I may not wear that outfit. I may not make that choice with my life, but it's good for her and not for me. And just celebrate the individuality and our freedom to do whatever the hell it is we want. This brings us to number seven, which I've mentioned uh, throughout. I've peppered throughout this episode, which is you do you. Uh, One of the things that I find helpful to come back to is that every moment we spend comparing ourselves to other women is a moment taken away from focusing on improving our own well-being or the lives of others. So keeping your eyes on your own game, on your own self-improvement, and finding appreciation for what you have right now, so gratitude is a big part of that, is really important. Um, So, you know, what can you come back to? Like if, let's say you're at the gym and you're feeling this sense of despair because you're comparing yourself to all these other women. How can you feel grateful for what you have in this moment? You know, are you there because you are moving your body because it feels good for you? Like amazing. Be proud of that. Be grateful for that. Keep doing the things that make you happy and keep your eyes on your own game. Number eight is to find your tribe. So um, a lot of times I hear about women who are um, isolated from a positive community or who are socializing with people who make them feel lousy about themselves. Maybe who they're always picking apart their own bodies or they're always one-upping them to bring them down a notch. I really encourage you to take a look at your social networks. And if you have people that are perpetuating your limiting beliefs, like let's say one of your limiting beliefs is that you think you're a failure or you think that if you gain weight, you're a failure. All right. That's that belief is probably not going to serve you. If you have somebody in your life that contributes to that belief, I encourage you to get rid of that person from your life or set a boundary in place um, as much as you can to so you're so you don't have people contributing to these limiting beliefs um, and find people who lift you up and support you and love you unconditionally and who are not on a quest to prove that they are better than you. I think that that is it's such a huge piece of the puzzle. And it's one of the reasons why I created my Facebook community, because I wanted to bring together women who were like minded and who could lift each other up and support each other because it is hard to find. I mean, I live in a body positive bubble. I pretty much only associate with body positive um, 
people and I don't mean like body positive like that doesn't necessarily mean they're like activists or coaches although I do associate with a lot of those people too but the people in my life just don't talk about their bodies and um you know that's that to me is so helpful and supportive to to myself and my own journey um and no I can't control uh everybody in you know everybody in my life there's certain people that do still talk about those things and I you know that's that's them and I can set boundaries with myself and 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 get myself out of those situations if I find them triggering although I find them less and less triggering now but so sometimes I'll go into like a normal situation and I'll realize how much diet culture is infused into into our um everyday life and I'm just like whoa because I live in my body positive bubble but uh, that's why I created that Facebook group is to, to help you create your own body positive bubble as well. But I think that finding our tribe is really important because if we go back to the reason why we um, compare ourselves, it's because we're trying to avoid social rejection. And so if we can f find a tribe where we're not going to be rejected, it's going to be much easier for us to really be ourselves and own who we are and embrace who we are. The last thing um, I will mention, which is the most important thing, is is compassion. Limiting beliefs uh, can only be uh, worked through via compassion. Everything is pretty much useless if you're not working on flexing your compassion muscles with positive self-talk. You know, intellectually, we can know this stuff. We can be like, that's a limiting belief. I know that's not true. But if you are not actually like tapping into your voice of compassion, then it's going to be really hard for you to actually create that shift um, and that new belief system. And this is something that like I, this is what I do with clients like all the time is, is tapping into that voice of compassion, making that a regular practice. And it's probably one of the most important things you can do in life. <laughs> um you know, and I have I have a lot of tactics for that, but really it's about like tapping into the voice. I'm going to sound really woo here, like super woo, the voice of your heart, you know, like if you were to just close your eyes and put your hand on your heart and ask your heart, what advice do you have for me? That's generally your voice of compassion. Sometimes it's your ego showing up, but um generally that's the best way to tap into your voice of compassion and I do some visualizations with clients to help them do that but that is something that you want to flex think about it like a muscle if you're never using it it's gonna just be inactive so it's something you have to actively actively use all right so those were the nine tangible things that I wrote about and talked about on the blog so just to summarize again you know identifying the limiting beliefs that are at the root of your need to self-evaluate, that are at the root of your feelings of unworthiness. And again, if you're struggling, look to work with a coach or a therapist on this. Like this is what I do with clients. You can always look at my one-on-one -on -one or group programs. It's often hard to see it through um, from different angles and different perspectives when you're just kind of inside your own head with it. Um, identify assumptions and don't trust them, call bullshit on them. And that's just in everyday life. Challenge the beliefs. So create new beliefs that are going to be more supportive and serve you better and create an emotional attachment to them. So if something's not 
feeding into your well-being, then buy out of it and feed buy into something that is going to feed into your well-being. So again, like if you believe that um, uh, only uh, skinny people can do cool yoga poses, like go and challenge that belief and start looking at um, people who are doing yoga at all these different body sizes, like curvy yoga and stuff like that. That's just like one really simple example, but you know what I mean. Uh, be mindful of when you're comparing down because that also is an indication of um, a self-evaluation and a, therefore a limiting belief that's holding you back. Be mindful of perfection, like be mindful of the ideals that you're holding yourself accountable to and start to challenge those. And also challenge the ones that you know are coming from this machine called the beauty and, and diet industry because those ones are created for profit. Celebrate all women. So really look to lift other women up. Um, look to do some activism in the body positive world. And by activism, I don't mean like you have to go and uh, start a blog or protest, but even just like you know, supporting other women who are maybe saying things like, oh, I'm having a really rough day. Like just tell them like, you know, hey, you're you're always beautiful to me, like just what or whatever, whatever's going to lift them up. I know beauty's not everything, but sometimes that just makes people feel really good. Um, you do you. So really focus on yourself and be mindful of how often you're you're spending your time like looking at other people and comparing yourself to other people. And if that means you have to walk away from social media, reading blogs, listening to podcasts, like even this one, um, do it. Just take a break and just focus on you. Find your tribe. Really scan your social networks. Make sure you're spending time with people who love you unconditionally and so that you're not feeling like you're at risk of being socially rejected. Last but not least, compassion. Most importantly, compassion. Uh, treat yourself with that level of kindness and respect that you would treat a best friend or your child. So I hope that answers a lot of your questions about comparisons. I would love to know if you have any more. You can always reach me through social media. That's probably the best place. You can tweet me. You can find me on Facebook, Summer In and In, Summer In and In, Summer In and In on Instagram. Um, and let me know. Do you have any other questions on that? What else are you struggling with? Did you find this helpful? I would love to know. And again, make sure you check out Rock Your Body, rockyourbodynow.com. It's only going to be around for a few more days. So get your hands on that and enrollment opens for my full group program on March 16th. So keep your eyes peeled for that as well and uh, get it because it's only once a year that I do this amazing program and I'm super pumped about it this year because it's all body image, which I'm so passionate about and I'm super excited about. So how many times did I say super excited in this episode? Tell me and I'll give you a prize. Okay, that is it for today's show. I love you guys and I will We'll talk to you soon. Rock on. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes to leave me a review. It will take two seconds and I would be super grateful. Click on reviews and ratings and then click to rate. Easy peasy. You can do it on your phone right now, just while you're driving even. Just kidding. 
And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or thebodyimagecoach.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rocking your bod plus the 10-day body confidence makeover plus your exclusive invite to my free online community all for free. Free, free, free. Cool. All right. Until next time, rock on. Rock on.